0: Hello there, friends, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Death PDX Podcast. Today is an honor to have a top prospect as well. His name is Zeron Zuel, plays at BCU. Welcome to the podcast, Zeron.
1: Thank you, Brian. Thank Um, you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Absolutely. Um, So, Z, tell us a little bit about yourself and give us a little small summary.
1: Well, as Brian said, I'm Zeron Zuel. I'm a center back at VCU, coming through the college process um, on my journey to go professional. I was born and raised in Jamaica. I came to the, um, to the States three years ago by a scholarship. So um, ever since I've been just doing schoolwork and doing my job on the field, off the field to get to where I want to be.
0: No, That's good. That's good to hear. Um, uh, Z. So now we're going into the journey. Um so first and foremost, who inspired you to touch your first soccer ball and at what time you started playing?
1: Um I think I started playing when I was like five years old. Like yeah. my dad my dad played soccer, my older brothers played soccer, all my friends are only played. So it was a part of the family to like play and like ever since I was younger, we always had a soccer ball in the house and my brother like took me out in the backyard, kicking the ball around, learning to play, learning to pass, and stuff like that.
0: That's good to hear. Uh, Z, so now let's go back from the beginning. Let's take us to your journey, you know, back in Jamaica. Let's see the obstacles and struggles you faced and the teams you you, you went, you know, oh. every single step you went to, to current, you know. Um, I know you're a senior at VCU, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. So let's go from the beginning and let's uh, hear your journey.
1: Well, um, it all started like back in um, what we call primary school in Jamaica. Um, yeah. Here in the States, they probably call it elementary school. Like, Correct. Well, I went to school there. Um, I actually started like doing track and field when when I was younger. <laughs> Yeah, I was doing track and field, and, but I always wanted to play, but I had a little bit of speed when I was younger and I was doing track and field. And I remember my primary school coach um, named Paul Martin, he said, um, come play soccer. And uh, I was at uh, eight, I think I was eight years old, AR9, and he said to come train for the soccer team. And I started training, training. I don't know, for the first position I chose was center back. I don't know, I just wanted to defend it. <laughs> So I started playing there, and he said I was really good, so I, I needed to continue training and stuff like that. So at that yeah. age, I, by, between age <clears throat> excuse me, age 8 to like 10, I was going between track and soccer. But by the time I got to um, 12 years old, I was like, no, it's soccer, I really want to play. So my primary school coach, Paul Martin, he used to take us – um I was i I'm from a hometown. My hometown is Martin Bay, St. Thomas. And he used to take us to uh, Kingston. And that's yeah. where most of the exposure is. So he used to Yeah, he used to take us to Kingston to play like um weekend leagues, like probably play like four or five games a weekend on a Saturday and Sunday. And he used to take us there to get us a little exposure and stuff like that. Because yeah. we start high school at age 13 in Jamaica. So I finished primary school playing soccer. I went to high school in my hometown. Um, I actually wanted to go to a school in Kingston. Yeah. But my, my mom and my dad, like, they they didn't want that, you know. They say I was too young to go in Kingston to, like, be by myself and stuff like that. They wanted me close to where they could have their eyes on me and stuff like that. So I went to high school in my hometown, Mount B. High School. I started playing under 13, under 14, and by the time I was 14, I started to play in under 19 with the big boys. Because yeah. my coach thought I was like really good. My high school coach was um Mr. DY. So I played there, but the goal was to end up in Kingston. So yeah. I spent five years in my hometown playing for Mount High School and then I transferred to Kingston to go to Jamaica College when I was like 17 for additional two years of high school to play. 'cause I wanted the exposure. And Jamaica College is one of the best um schooling in the country to say. Yeah. So I went to Kingston. I played two years at Jamaica College. I ended up with a scholarship. And uh that's how I ended up at VCU here. Uh, along all of that, like my first training session with Jamaica College, I yeah. think it was summer summer 2014. Yeah. Um I took the bus from Mount Bay to Kingston is like an hour and a half. And I used to travel by bus for an hour and a half for like a month to go to training back and forth each day. And um, even days when my mom was like, and I don't have any money to send you to training. You're probably just going to have your bus fare. And I said, mom, that's fine. I'll eat before training. And I just go training and head right back home. So most days, most days, it's just like my boss here to train and I'm back. And when I get back home, I'll eat. So yes. that was it. So, and then I do that until I made it. I made uh, the camp squad for the, for the high school, for Jamaica College high school team. And yeah. once I made the, the camp team, I know I was a step closer to making the team. I Absolutely. made the camp team, and then we went on camp in, in July. Um, the entire camp I was like the fifth center back. It it was frustrating, bro. I'm telling you, it was frustrating. It was hard, but I kept working. I kept grinding. I had my head down, and I kept working. I kept working, and by the beginning of the season at September, I was a starting center back. You know, because so my work like took me all the way there, and from then it was just going up. I kept um, being successful. I kept progression and I played two seasons as a starting center back winning five cups, five titles at the school and then I came here to VCU.
0: That's amazing Z. So, you know, you coming from Jamaica to VCU, how was that process? How did you get scouted and how, how, how did it reach out to you or did you reach out to them?
1: Actually, um, they reached out to me and it was actually last year. Last year, my third year here, my coach finally told me how he recruited me. Yeah. Uh, and he said that he started recruiting me from the first day I took the bus to training. So our wow. uh, our assistant uh, manager at Jamaica College, back in high school, he saw me took the bus, like, back to back, you know, like three days in a row to come to training. Yeah. And he, him, and... um my coach here at VCU is good friends. And he said, immediately contacted um, my coach at VCU here and said, I think I have a player for you. He's young, but he's going to do two years with us. But I think he's the guy for you. And he said, he's been watching me since then. He's been getting information about me since then. So, and then he said, he watched um, my first year, my second year. He actually contacted me. Um, after my semi final game in my yeah. in my second year and he spoke to me and he sent me a message and said I look good playing, there's a stuff you need to work on, but I think you're the guy for us and stuff like that. And that yeah. was in um fall twenty fifteen. So at then but I did go through some struggles. Um after that I started like I told him yes, I'm willing to come. He came to Jamaica, met my mom and everything, yeah. spoke with us, um, sent me the um, the paperwork to do, but I had to um be cleared by the NCW for yeah. the eligibility um status. And I went through um different stuff. I played um club soccer at um Tivoli Garden. I've actually played at Arborview first and then I transferred to Tivoli Garden, but it was the youth. I played under 17 um and U20. I never yeah. played in, in, in the first team and stuff like that. So I had to get that cleared, said I played just the youth team. I had to clear it for my subjects and my grades. And my grades got delayed in, in fall of 2016. So I couldn't yeah. um I couldn't made the move in 2016. So I had to actually come in the spring of 2017. So I actually missed that fall because my grade got delayed. Some paperwork got delayed. My visa actually got denied. Wow. So, yeah, I went through a lot. Actually, like at one point, I started like getting stressed out. I started doubting it. But my mom, you know, she kept my spirit up. She kept saying, have faith in God. He's going to bring this through and stuff like that. So Yes. And then I, after that, I came here and everything was fine.
0: Yeah, that's good to know, Z. So, you know, you live in Jamaica. I'm sure that's the hardest thing, you know, being away from family. Uh, you know, first, tell us a little bit about your first, you know, experience at VCU as a freshman.
1: Um, my first experience, really, it, was, it wasn't hard, to be honest. I, I don't know about um, thinking back, my passion for the game and to be successful, the desire that I had, It wasn't really hard. It was actually after, like, a year of being here, I kind of, like, feel like, yo, I miss my mom. I miss my family. Because my my mom tried to communicate um, to me a lot. Same with my dad, uh, my brothers, my friends, you know? Like, we always talk, um, text or video call. So, but my, I was so determined to be successful, to, like, to play well. Uh, Actually, my freshman season... I was a starting center back for the first six game. Um I got a red card after the, the the in the seventh game, I missed the game and my performance dropped and I was replaced. Yeah. And since then I touched the field probably like five times as a sub. You know, that was like it was a very frustrating time for me. Knowing I came in with like high expectations to like to be the best came into, like, be a sterler, came into actually captain the team one day, which I am now. But, like, that's the intention I had as a freshman. And yeah. sitting on the bench for, like, 12, 13 games, it was frustrating for me for freshman year.
0: Absolutely. You know, so then from there, you know, um, doors started opening for you, you know, to play in the USL2. How was that? And, and how, how did you reach out to your first team or did they reach out to
1: you? Actually, I played my first USL um, competition before I even played my freshman season. Because, as I said, I came in spring 2017. Yes. And that summer, um, my coach, he always sent the players to like different teams. And he sent me to Portland You know, with, with a couple of senior guys like um, Stephen and Francesco. And, yeah. And that's how I met um, guys like Timur and Walter. And I met um, Coach Aaron Lewis. And Correct. that first season in the PDL, with, I was I was still 19 years old. yeah, And I was with guys that are 21, 23, all the senior guys. And I actually became a starter in the team. I worked my way up. And it was a very impressive season for us. I think that here we won the Northwest Division and we actually made it to the, the North um, semi-final of the North. When you played in um in Tucson.
0: Yes. Yeah, that, that. Uh, um so so you know you that was your first year. I know you came back for a second year, right? And yeah. that's where I met you. Um so tell us a little bit about that, you know, from from the first year going into the second year, how the competition, how the teammate changed and the chemistry kind of changed.
1: The the first year it was it was really good. The chemistry among players was really good. Talent was there. We got like quality players. The style of play was like really good. Everything. The second year I came in, um, a couple guys left. We had a couple returners. We still had a bunch of quality, a bunch of talent, but the chemistry, the chemistry didn't click in the second year. It was it was different. Um, we still had like the same process, the same um, training, the same style of play, but for for some reason it didn't click. I actually got injured in my second year. I had, yeah. had a terrible um, back pain and um, hip flexor um, problem. So I kind of missed half the season that year, and it was very frustrating. And with those injuries, um pushed my fitness um, level like really low. And then when I actually tried to came back, I was out of shape. Um, I wasn't up to pace. So I really didn't play much game. I played like probably six, ga- six games. Um, my second season. So, my expectation for the second season was based off the first season, yeah. And then with that high expectation and everything, it was a bit of um a disappointed disappointment for me in my second season. But I actually learned so much from that second season.
0: No, absolutely. You know, you learn stuff uh, from uh, your setbacks, and it humbles you absolutely. Uh, so, Zay, you know, from the second season, you went back to VCU. You know, you guys had a tremendous season. Um, and from there, you know, uh, what other USO2 team you played for?
1: Um, I played at, um, Tormenta FC. Um, played at Tormenta FC, played at Tormenta FC USA League 2 team last summer, which was similar to the experience of my first year in Portland. Yeah. You know, like quality players, quality coaches, um, quality organization. You know, and everything was like really good. the chemistry among players was really good um our coach um at tormenta was um Ian Cameron and Tom Morris was our two coaches and they were like really good guys young coaches actually like they had a good connection good player management good um everything was like really good and the players was like the purpose of everyone playing was like exceptional you know like we've kind of bond on and off the field. There was a lot of activities being done off the field that helped our playing on the field. And we did so well that we ended up being um, a national semifinalist. Yeah,
0: no, that's good. You know, I kind of kept up with you today through that, you know. Um, and another, you know, from that experience, you going back to VCU, where I kept tabs, you know, eventually I had to recruit, Um You know, I kind of kept close tabs on you guys as well. You guys had a tremendous college season. So tell me a little about that.
1: Um, Yeah, coming back, um, knowing that uh, I was going to be a junior, I was going to be one of the senior guys, I had a a lot of um, expectations, I had a lot of um, things that I learned from the summer from Tormenta that I wanted to implement um, in the team. So we came in um, in the preseason, like everyone buzzing, uh, excited to be back with the boys and training. um was off to a good start. We were doing well. Like I finally felt fit from the summer, you know, because I played like so much games. Yeah. And we were doing well. We actually, um, we had our first win of the season. The first game, we had our first win. And then we lost like three games in a row. And everyone had kind of dropped. Um yeah. Even me, like I was I was named captain um this year, last last season, and everyone had dropped. And uh, I you know like we all disappointed to lose four games and stuff like that. But then um uh, after after a couple more games, after a couple more sessions and things, stuff like that, the coach um they talked to us and they kind of like singled us out and said, You need to step up, you need to step up. You know, and um I was one of the guys when the coaches said to me, they say you was uh, you need to step up, you know, you're one of the leaders. You have to pull your weight and stuff like that to get the guys to go with you. So, and then when it got into like conference play, um, we started to do really well. We won a couple of games, um, a couple of tough games. We went to overtimes with and we won because we had quality and stuff like that. But for me, the season was, was really good. It was a really good season. But I also I had a little disappointment not winning the A-10 championship, losing in the semifinal to Dayton, you know. So, yeah. But otherwise, some that, I think it was really well. It was exceptional.
0: Now, I believe you had a tremendous season there, uh, Z. Um, so now tell us, like, what was your plan going into USL League 2 this year or you had plans going on MLS, you know, uh, training uh, sessions with MLS teams? Um, give us a little sneak peek. Well, of what um, your, your plans are for this summer now.
1: Well, before this coronavirus pandemic, I was looking forward to having a very exciting summer because um, I spoke with my coaches and I told them that uh, I would love to uh, I would love to get a couple training sessions with like a pro club, whether it's my um, USL Championship or an MLS um, team. Yeah. Or if not, I'll probably uh, probably head back to Toronto. You know?
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. No, that's good to know, and that's that's where you see yourself going, right? Uh, there and uh, a couple of MLS teams, which which is not bad. You know, you you feel like you you're ready for that next uh, step and journey in your life.
1: Definitely, definitely. I know uh, I'm still young, and I know I, got, I still got a lot more to learn. But I think um, I'm ready to make that step. I'm ready to be in that environment. One thing I noticed um, as an individual ever since I was younger, once I'm in an environment that is firstly bigger than me or you know, like I would adapt to that situation. I would learn.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that's the only way you're able to learn, right? Yeah. All right, see, so now thank you for sharing your journey now we're going into the players' advice. You know, now I want to go back, you know, from where you were young and also kind of, like, want you to educate our younger audience, you know, about, you know, Jamaica. You know, how's the training sessions out there and what you sacrificed, you know, uh, that they could kind of do better. You know, there's uh, some people um, from Jamaica listening that they, that you could give them advice on.
1: Um, one thing I would like um... – to say to the younger guys, especially back home, always believe in yourself, always. Nobody going to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself, you know? Like, be determined, be dedicated, be disciplined. Listen, be coachable, you know? I've tried to have an understanding of the game and what coaches want, but you also have to believe in yourself and never give up. That's one thing I never did, never give up. My mom always said, you have to finish the race to get get a point, at least a point. You know, and that that is one thing that helped me to, like, to be successful to where I'm at today. Like, I always give my best, have faith, and never give up. That's one thing you can never do is give up. I mean, you're going to fail along the way. There's going to be failures. There's going to be disappointment. But one thing you do, you never put the boots up and say you're done. Never give up. And, yeah. as like, I think what Jamaica is lacking is, it's resources, is more kind of like technical and tactical training systems because we got talent like all over the country, all over, whether it's physicality, whether it's like just a natural born talent to the game. But we need like, I think the country need coaches like that's going to like guide, not necessarily coaches, but someone that's going to guide these players to be successful, you know, because I know a couple of guys that played in high school, was very dominant in high school, you know, in the Manning Cup and stuff like that, and the DaCosta Cup. But they stopped playing by the age 24 and stuff like that because they didn't have someone to guide them, to, like, lead them to success.
0: No, thank you for sharing uh, and giving our younger uh, players advice, you know. uh, So now, Z, tell us a little bit of uh, the training sessions that you had in Jamaica. I remember... Uh, you know, when you were with Timber G23s last year, uh, two years ago, your, your last season with them, you know, we, we were able to chat and and stuff like that. And you told me uh, the training sessions on there were very intense. So, you know, I don't know if you want to share a little bit about that.
1: Oh, definitely, yes. Um, training session was, was intense back home. Like, definitely, was was really intense. Um, I remember on um, on summer camps, when I was on summer camps, um, we would get up at 5 in the morning and hit the road to go probably run like four or five miles. And then when we get to our destination, we'd go to, we'd reach on a hill and coach would have us doing like drills on the hill, you know, whether it's like, um, what do you call that stuff again? Like high knees, like stuff like that, sprints up the hill, like all of that. And then we got to jog back to school. Yeah. And to do load of ball session and stuff like that. So, and then on camps, we normally do two sessions a day. So you wake in the morning at five, you do hills, you come back into a little bosses session at like seven, and you rest. You go shower, breakfast, you get lunch, and then by three thirty, four o'clock is another session again. So and it was pretty intense. It was like really good. I remember um back in um in Mart Bay. We did, like, double session, and we did hills. And because in Mark Bay, we are close to um, the beach, yeah. we would do, like, a, a beach session in the evening where we do a sands and play uh, beach soccer, you know, for a little fun and stuff like that.
0: No, that's, that's good to know, Z. Uh, hopefully, you guys are home. You guys can see the, the success uh, Z kind of went through. Um, through those intense uh, training sessions i 'm sure that got you fit real
1: quick, right <laughs> definitely, definitely. The beach get you fit real quick like w- once i once I was home, I used to like run in the mornings, I used to run like four miles to the beach, do a yeah. session on the beach, and then run back
0: so you guys at home, if you have a beach or a lake, i 'm pretty sure Z would recommend you to go do that, and if you want to get fit real quick, especially right now that you 're not touching the ball. Go to the beach and the lakes and uh, use the, that sand wisely. All right, Z. So now I want to cover a little bit of, you know, what would you tell your younger self, uh, you know, coming out of Jamaica, going into the States?
1: Um, what would I tell my younger self? I would tell my younger self what I would tell any young kids right now. Yeah. Like, continue working. Like, I I, had, I made a couple slip up on days when I was lazy you know they don't want to do the work but that that mamba mentality where on days when you don't feel like doing it you keep doing it you know hard work like my mom always said hard work is going to pay off you know and that hard work someone going to notice it you know yes someone going to notice it someone going to see that you're putting in the work and you can't cheat you know you can't cheat so just keep working hold your head down and remain humble have faith in God and just keep working.
0: Absolutely. Um, so, Z, um, now we're going to go into, you know, the the part of, you know, your your, your time uh, with Timbers. You know, you said you got hurt, a back injury. You know, you said it kind of set you back. You know, what did you gain from it and what advice can we give our audience up towards that if they're going to a similar setback?
1: Yeah, um, what I remember was that um, my first season was exceptional. I was like, Doing really well. I was with the squad, you know. Yeah. And I remember even even um, the Timber scout, he was like, you look really well. We'll definitely keep an eye on you. And then my second season with the injury and I was so bad, I was on the sideline. I wasn't even changed. I wasn't even on the bench. Yeah. And I was like, this hurts so much not playing the game. And what I learned was that like, even in the dullest moment, you have to keep a positive mindset. You know, you have to because if you don't, you're going to keep pulling yourself down. And after that summer, I came back to VCU and I was like, you know, you you cannot have a bad season. You know, you cannot let the summer, the bad summer, come to a bad fall. You know, you cannot let it cross over. So I was like, I came back, I started working with our strength coach or athletic trainer. And I think I had a really good um, fall that year because we actually were was um the regular season champion for the eighteen
0: twenty no that's great you know um so what advice can we give our audience you know about the you know the setback if if they're kind of going similar to that would, would you re- recommend them to follow the procedures the trainer say or or you know what uh, uh, what what advice would we give them you know if they're on the sideline or or what what would you have them do
1: I, I would say um trust the process trust the process and be patient like I would say just keep working, you know. Like, you you won't be in bad moments for long, you know. As as what um I always see this quote um all over the internet that says like, um tough times don't last, tough people do, you know. So, yeah. in in moments like that, you do you do what's what is necessary. You do the right things, you know. What the trainer said to do, you know. You do your rehab, you do your therapy, stuff like that, and just be patient that your time is gonna come again that you're going to be standing tall again.
0: Absolutely. You know, Z, um, so now going into VCU, you know, you are as a captain, um, the leader of that squad now. Um, what advice can you give the audience, you know, of taking that leadership role? You know, I know it's not easy.
1: Definitely. It's, a, um, it's not easy for sure. Because um, I remember last fall after a couple of games, um, I was like, am I leading these guys right? you know, because we lost the game. I was like, am I doing my job? You know, you start to second guess yourself. But as a leader, you have to like be true to yourself. You have to say that like, this is who I am and this is what I do. You have to give your best effort. You have to lead from the front. You know, like I know people said that like leaders, leaders should be bossy and leaders should be decent, should be dominant and stuff like that. But as a leader... You have to be who you are. Like I'm not the only only leader on the team. We got three captains. Yeah. And I play and I play my role. And like, um, or goalkeeper Mario is one of the captain and he's more like more strict, he's more dominant, he's more vocal. And then we got um the other center back is Oluk, where he is he's more relaxed, he's more calm, but he leads um so well on the field and then it got me who leads like both on the field and off the field you know I'm cool with all the guys if you need someone to talk to I'm there if you need someone to get on you in training or in the game I'm there you know yeah so as a leader you have to just be who you are and show guys that like you can like be comfortable with who you are and still lead guys you know
0: no, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Now, Z, you know, you as a captain in a top division one college, um, what do you expect from your players? You know, what do you expect from them off the pitch, on the pitch? And uh, that way we could kind of give advice, you know, towards uh, those Division One players, D2, D3, Juco players, Academy, you know, like trying to go to D1. And that way they kind of have an expectation coming in, you know, mm-hmm. what the leadership uh, role plays and what you look into those players, you know, coming in or already in the system.
1: Um, I think one of the biggest things is being accountable. That's yeah. what I, I ask from all of my players, you know, just be accountable. We should be able to depend on you um on the field and off the field. Yes. You know, like if one of your teammates is, is in need of something, I should be able to call you and say, hey Brian, I need I need some help with this. Hey yeah. Brian, I'm struggling with this schoolwork, you know? Accountable um is one of them. And the next thing is giving your best effort. Every single time we step on the field, you give your best effort. Whether it's in the classroom, whether it's on the field, you know, yeah. Like just give your best.
0: No, absolutely. I agree. Uh, Z, is there any other player advice you want to give to your younger audience before we move forward?
1: Um, one thing is trust in the process, you know, like just in the process. Like if it needs to uh, what do whatever needs to be done, you know, like if it's getting up early and training, if it's doing extra work after training, if it's like putting in hours where nobody's looking, whatever works best for you, you know. Like do what, whatever best for you while being coachable and having an understanding of the game
0: absolutely, thank you for sharing uh, the players' advisee um, and now we're going to go into world news, an issue that you kind of been paying close attention you know back home or here in the states or worldwide you know that we could educate our audience um, is there anything thats you kind of being Close tabs, you know, on TV or the radio. Um,
1: uh, there's two things um I would I would like to like speak about. Yes. And one um one is like a major thing right now in football and is racism. Yes. You know, like in 2020, like we shouldn't be battling racism this hard, you know, in, in this time. Yes. And I'm a I'm a sociology major, so I learn a lot about racism and the culture of racism. Yes. And I think that it has no place in the world, much less football, where like, you know, much less soccer. Yes. You know, where soccer is what brought me here to meet so many amazing teammates, so many different people around the world from different cultures. Like VSU team has guys from the, um, the Congo, Senegal, you know, Japan, Norway, you know, like yes. guys from all over the world. We all from different ethnicity. And, we come together so well, so I think like racism is one of the topics that like the world is struggling with right now, like people still going against um people of color hispanic like asian like i don't know like the the white privilege that's in this world like I think one of the biggest things is that we need to talk about it more Absolutely. I think we need to have more conversation about racism, the conversation that makes us. Uncomfortable. Absolutely. I think we need to speak more about
0: it. Is, is there like, you know, you don't have to get into this, but is there like in the game, have you heard any racism remarks that, you know, you don't have to mention um, the name, but, you know, just kind of educate? You know, we're here to educate. That's why we have this segment.
1: Well, um, personally, I've never experienced it, a racial slur or racial abuse firsthand, but I've heard, um, Guys, talk about it. You know, yes. I've heard guys speak about it, and it's one thing. Um, we spoke about it as a team as well. I remember last fall, we spoke about it as a team, and I, I think that that was important for us. You know, Absolutely. That our our coach and everyone like speak about matters like this, like matters like this. Like if anything comes up, we, we should be, we should be able to have a conversation about it. Because the thing is, um, we as as black people, we we endure it for so long and that we are very well educated about it. And I think that we need to educate like others about the whole situation. We even have um, our black friends who are not fully educated about it as well. And I think that's one thing that we, we need to do. We need to educate every single one about it. It doesn't matter what race you are.
0: I absolutely agree with you. You know, you guys at home, you know, Racism is not a good manner, you know. Um, We all bring something to this uh, beautiful country we live in. And as you guys know, we we bring food, we bring culture, we bring from all different backgrounds, right? Uh, It feels like, you know, you're a social uh, major, right? Uh, Yeah, sociology major. Sociology major, yep. And uh, we all all came here uh, from... Different backgrounds eventually, the United States has been here for a very long time and and uh yeah, so it's it's we're here to educate, and this is why uh we bring this up so if you know anyone that you know says racist slurs in the game or know anyone step up to them and 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 back them up, I promise you you'll be the bigger person definitely um so now the um you know i want to talk a little bit of mental health you know i forgot we kind of skipped a little over it you know uh, i know athletes especially soccer players you know um deal with it um from all genders boys and girls um so i just want to have you cover a little bit about that how do you deal with your anxiety and stress because like i said you know you're a captain the the leadership role is very strong and and how do you cope with it
1: and and you know, Brian, that's that's the next thing I wanted to talk about when you mentioned rural news and all issues, you know, because mental health is is so important. Yes. Very, very important, especially especially in the black community. And um for athletes all over the world in college and stuff like that. I even saw um the English Premier League doing doing like a, a showcase of mental health. And I think that's very important for us. To deal with you know like for me I think I I, I overthink a lot you know with mm-hmm. making decisions I overthink a lot I don't know if um it's anxiety or what it is but like I overthink like I, I put a lot of pressure on myself because I expect so much and I think that um right now to be honest I think I'm struggling like with keeping my motivation like, and keep like doing the right things you know I'm struggling with it And for me to deal with it, I kind of, I talk, I I call my mom uh, or my brother and I talk and I express to them how I feel and they will try to keep my spirit up. And that's, and that's one thing um, with mental health that we need to like do, like when someone talks, we need to listen. Yes. You know, we don't necessarily need to give advice or to judge. We just need to listen and try to understand their pain, understand what they're going through.
0: Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. You know, um, I, I do believe it's a big factor and, and especially in the States and worldwide that, you know, it's, it's barely getting brought up. And like, it's, like I mentioned in, in sports, the sports industry, not just soccer, but sports industry, it, it does not get brought up at all, a lot. So, um, you know, what advice can you give our younger audience about it? You know, if they're dealing with some mental health issues.
1: um, If, 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 if you're dealing with anything um, mental or any struggles, please just reach out to someone, you know, like there has to be someone who is willing to listen, whether it's a friend, it's a family member, whether it's um, a counselor counselor or something, you know, if you're dealing with anything mental, any anxiety, like stuff like that, any stress, just reach out to someone, let them know how you're really feeling. I I know it's very difficult because, I'm a person who doesn't like to show my emotions. I doesn't like to share my feelings. I kind of keep my stuff bottled up. But, like, um, lately I've been, like, speaking more. I've been trying to express it more. You see, my mom is, like, one of my really close friends, you know. Yeah. Like, I could tell her anything. And same with my older brother. Like, I express to them how I really feel. So if you're dealing with mental health issues, just um, find someone and talk to, you know. We are out here, like even us on this podcast, you can DM me. Yep. Speak. I'm I'm a very good listener. You know, I would just listen to you.
0: Absolutely. Try to understand it. And same thing with me. You know, you guys, if you guys are going through any sorts of mental health struggle or anything like that, you know, feel free to DM me as well. And I'm willing to listen as well. And towards the end, we'll send our social media Um Page, so you could uh, personally DM us, and like I said, we're here to listen. And it's Z, um, now a little bit about you. Um, tell me how you unwind your mind before going into a game.
1: Um, uh, you see, music, music is a wonderful thing. Yes, I think music is a very wonderful thing. Um, on a game day, um, I would get up, um, especially on the weekend. I would get up, have a decent breakfast. Um, I just like have a regular day, you know, on social media, talk to my mom, um, stuff like that. Um, game meal, I would come back, shower, um, head to the dressing room and just chill with the guys, you know, whether we're playing some FIFA or we're watching a a TV show. But half of my day, I'm listening to music on a game day. I kind of like pop music, something a little bit slow and smooth. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, it's kind of odd that I'm not like listening to like rap or some dancer, but for most of the day, I would be listening to like some pop music, some, um, some Billy Eilish, some, what's his name again? Some, I forgot his name, <laughs> but a, a couple of artists and stuff like that. You know, I listen to pop music, something smooth. Yes. But like right before the game, when we get in the vans to head to the field, I'm listening to, like, some dance, some massacre, some popcorn, some vibes to, you know, something to get me hyped up.
0: No, absolutely. You know, thank you for sharing that with us, Z. Um, so now, Z, we're going into topic three, uh, the unknown. This is where we're able to share a little bit of conspiracy theories, ghost personal stories that we've dealt with or family member or the unknown or paranormal um, and at the end of this segment, I do want to end with a little bit of faith, you know, uh, how God made an impact in your life as well. So first, I want to start, you know, what is the conspiracy theory of Jamaica?
1: I think one of the biggest conspiracy theory about Jamaica is um, Obia, or what you guys would probably call voodoo. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Educate
0: us a little bit about that.
1: Um I don't know how true it is because I've never really experienced it. And I've heard a lot of elders talk about it, yes. you know, our grandparents and great-grandparents and all those people. They kind of, like, say stuff and they kind of experience it and stuff like that. So that's one of the biggest theories where they say, Obia, you know, like... In Jamaica, if you have a problem, they would say, um, go to the man." you know, <laughs> he would make stuff happen for you and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm not really into that. I'm a more man of faith. So my parents really grew up in the church. My mom grew me up in the church and stuff like that. Yeah. And grandparents, so I'm a more of that kind of guy is, as to like ghost stories. I do believe that ghosts exist. Oh man, <laughs> tell me your personal
0: <laughs> ghost story of Z.
1: Well, uh, because um when I was younger I remember um the, there's this thing called the the rolling calf. Um when I was younger we used to sit outside in the backyard and light a little fire yeah. and tell ghost stories. And our all my friends from different areas, my older brother, like different house up the lane, like a couple blocks down. Yeah. They would come down and we talk ghost stories at like seven like to like 10 p.m. And once it gets dark, nobody wants to go home. <laughs> <laughs> because everyone is scared that the rolling cab is going to catch them or something like that. Uh, but like those stories were like scary as a kid. Um, one of the biggest stories that affect me is that we were playing cricket in my backyard yes. one day and my brother hit the ball um, in the bushes. We searched for the ball for like an hour and we couldn't find it. Yeah, And my brother was outside in the night and I was looking through the window watching him and he said he saw a white thing <laughs> goes across the backyard.
0: Oh,
1: man. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting chills talking about this. <laughs> but he said he saw something white goes across in the backyard and I, we didn't find the ball in the day and the next morning we were outside um, cleaning the backyard and stuff like that and we saw the ball in the backyard. Wow. So I'm wondering how the ball got there. If it was an animal who got it there, or is this white thing that my brother said he saw?
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's scary. So
1: those are like scary stories that we hear back home.
0: No, that's 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 those are scary. So now Z, I want to you know tell me a little bit of how God made an impact in your life and through your soccer career.
1: Um, I think He's the biggest reason why I'm here right now. Yes, because um, I had so much faith him that like he's gonna make things happen like I wanted to be successful ever since I was a kid. He has protected me ever since I was a kid. I used to travel to Kingston yes. since I was like 12 years old on my own, you know, on public transportation back and forth. You know, I never got in trouble. Uh I never got robbed, you know, thanks to God and all of that stuff. Like I used to go training and back, you know, and like he has been the rock in my life. You know, my mom, my aunt, grandmother, whenever I'm leaving the house, they're praying for me. Like, on days when I have training, my mom would, like, wake up at, I'm waking up at 6 to take the bus to make it to a, a 8 a.m. training. Yeah. Don't want to wake my mom up. And she would be up and she'd say, come, Zero, let me pray for you. You know, stuff like that. Like, when I got my scholarship and my eligibility got delayed because of um, I needed some more paperwork and stuff like that. And I kept praying. I said, yo, God, please let this come true. I need this, you know? Like, I waited, like, over a month and a half. I kept checking my laptop every day to see if they got the, um, the eligibility letter and stuff like that. Yeah. And eventually it come through. Like, I came here on my own and I've been perfectly fine. I've been through ups and downs, but God has kept me through it all, you know? So, that faith in him. My mom said, he who Um, always told me that, he who has started a good work shall bring it to completion. And, and he has started a good work with me. And I've, he's been carrying me through. Absolutely. And my, my motto is I can do all things through Christ who threatening me. You
0: know? I agree, Z. You know, thank you for sharing that little faith with us. And like I said, you know, uh, I believe God works in mysterious ways. And that's why he's part of this Definitely. conspiracy as well. Um, so now, Z, we're going into topic four which is uh, karaoke time. I hope you're ready to sing some good karaoke with me. Oh, definitely. Okay. Um, So, guys, the rules are 45 seconds to one minute. We have to sing this song. Z has the song ready and his lyrics ready. So, Z, let me know when you're ready, and then I'll press play on my end, and then we are able to sing the song. Today's song is Bob Marley, Buffalo Soldier, karaoke version and let me know when you're ready i'm able to press play and today's judges is you guys so the rules are z if i win i want an autographed jersey by you by mail and then if 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 i lose i owe you a nice dinner when you come back up here to portland and we'll, like i said we'll, we'll we'll go out somewhere but our audience you guys are the the judges of today's uh, uh battle off 1v1 battle and uh, feel free to dm us uh, who you thought was the best singer and who you guys thought uh, was the winner of today's uh karaoke time uh, battle all right z are you ready
1: all right give me one second
0: all righty oh man i'm nervous guys uh, like i said karaoke <laughs> is very nerve-wracking to this day um, but it's fun like i said it's it's, it's all about having fun and, and being ourselves
1: Ready when you want. All
0: right, ready. All right, I'm about to press play. Three, two, one. So, Buffalo Soldier. Here we go. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: All right. It's about to begin. All right, here we go. Buffalo Buffalo
1: Soldier. Hello, Soldier.
0: Dreadlockers. It wasn't Vahola, was Buffalo
1: so, Soldier,
0: in the, heart, in of the heart
1: of America,
0: stolen from stolen Africa,
1: from Africa.
0: And brought, to brought to
1: America,
0: and fighting on fighting arrival.
1: arrival,
0: and fighting for survival, fighting for
1: survival. meant it, and I love his things like this too.
0: To me, it, it makes
1: make a, it lot, a of lot of sense. sense. How the dreadlock was the, buffalo, was the soldier.
0: buffalo soldier, and he was taken from Africa, taken
1: from Africa
0: brought, to America, brought to
1: America,
0: and an arrival, fighting and
1: arriving,
0: fighting for survival. Said he was, buffalo said he was a soldier. buffalo
1: soldier. Dreadlock Rasta Rasta.
0: Buffalo Buffalo
1: Soldier
0: in the heart of America.
1: America. Uh, All right, guys. If you know your history, then you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My guy Z is going still. Oh, man, there you go. So, guys. Let us know who you thought was today's winner. Uh, Feel free to DM us uh, at the uh, DeafPDX podcast page and let us know who you guys thought was today's winner. Uh, Z, thank you for singing. And now we're going to the spot. You know, um, I want you to kind of educate us. What is the spot that you will go to in Jamaica? You know, it's all about supporting local business. And then since you're currently at VCU, What's the spot over there? You know, I'm out of town. What recommendations you recommend? You know, our audience to go and uh, try it out um, for their own, and why?
1: I I love food, but I also um, love cooking food. But um a couple spots here in Richmond is the number one spot, of course, is Jamaica House. Jamaica House, which is a, okay. A, yes, on Broad Street where. You know you get your real Jamaican food. You know your curry goat, your oxtail, your jerk chicken. Yeah. Um, I'm also a lover of Chipotle. Mm. I really like Chipotle. There is this really good um Cuban spot called Cuba Cuba. Yeah. You know, it has some really good food, and if you go to Carritown, it's like it's like a food court on Cariton Street. You have some really good spot. You have these some really fancy plates. We could um have um fancy food is called what's it called East Coast Provision, you know, it's a nice um kind of like seafood place with some good shrimp and pasta and um, stuff like that. Um as in back home in Jamaica, I think a corner shop, you know, a little corner restaurant on the street. Yeah. Especially in my hometown in Martin Bay, like those kind of like restaurants around here. Some of those are like the best. Um I don't know if most of them is Still there right now since I've been home in like a year and a half. But like a couple of the corner shops you know, are like really good. I think we got one, um, I forgot the name of it, but like in my hometown, Mark. But I think the corner shops are like really best. You know, those are like the, the best kind of food.
0: They're authentic.
1: Yeah, very authentic. Um, you know, it's like probably a guy from a community is the chef, you know? Absolutely. And, stuff like that, and you just pull up, and you say, a oh, hey, chef, I want a curry goat, you know, or I want a fried chicken with some curry goat gravy, oh, some extra rice on the side, you know, stuff like that, that.
0: Sounds delicious. All right, Z, thank you for sharing us the spot of the day. Now, Z, now we're going to get to know you a little bit more, you know, besides football, soccer. What are you like? What, what, other sports teams do you follow and also what do you enjoy doing on your downtime or what do you like doing for fun
1: um i i, I watch i watch a little basketball okay um um i'm a fan of um russell westbrook yes. and lebron james because um ever since i cut my ear low everyone says i look like LeBron james. Yep, you're lebron sure james twin <laughs> yes yeah, so, um i think lebron is is he's incredible you know um in the league and the things he do um, outside of the league is very um, incredible and Russell Westbrook is um, his mentality is amazing yeah. the way he like drives and do stuff um, a little bit of basketball um, I just started watching a little bit of football otherwise from the Super Bowl yeah. I watched uh, I watched more than four <laughs> games in last season for the football team but in my spare time I'm very simple I don't really get excited so I would say music. I think music is my go to thing to like just sit, this is some music, some good music. I uh, I follow our, our multiple different genres of music, whether it's I beat, um, whether it's pop music, whether it's rap music, dance all, like, you know, a little bit of country if I'm going on a road trip, <laughs> something like that. And then Netflix. Oh yeah. T V shows. I'm I'm currently um in the in season four of Money Heist, La Casa de Papel. Really? And, uh, yeah, it's really you good. I recommend so it? Try it yep. It's, uh, it's a number one recommend right Alrighty, now. Alrighty, guys. And I saw um, All American um, a week ago. Yeah, All American is really good. good.
0: Um, you know, recommendations. Yeah, on Yep. What other recommendation do you have for uh, um, Netflix?
1: Netflix. Um, the Money Heist... New Girl probably one of my favorite shows. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shows a Netflix. funny one. I love it. <laughs> New Girl is a really good show. So I think for my top three, I think it would be All-American, Money Heist and New Girl on Netflix for TV shows. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. Z, thank you for sharing a little bit about you. So now we're coming to a closer. First and foremost, I want to say thank you, Z, for taking time of your day and sharing your soccer journey with our audience. And hopefully it makes an impact to one of our young listeners. And um, thank you, Zee, uh, for, like I said, taking your time of day for being here in the podcast. And um, is there anything uh, you want our our audience to follow you on, any sorts of social media platforms uh, you want them to keep up to date with you through your soccer journey?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you, Brian, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here to share my story and to possible inspire someone, yes. you know, like for everyone out there chasing the dream, never give up, you know, keep working and believe, you know, have faith. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram at zero 4 which is Z-E-R-O-N-M-S-4. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Zeron Z-E-R-O-N-S-E-W-E-L-L.
0: That's perfect. You guys heard it there. Go give Zeron a nice little follow and as, like I said, you know, if you do message him or DM him, just send him nothing but love and positive messages or if you're curious about ways he kind of did it, I'm pretty sure he'll answer your question, Um, but please don't send any hatred or anything like that um, towards our, you know, guest Um, because this podcast is all about love and inspiring the future which is you guys or a player out there that's kind of lost um so now i want to talk a little bit about the next podcast i'm going to have another female player her name is charnay karen she plays at oregon university and she also had experience with the women's u.s u-20s national team and i'm ready to share her story so stay tuned friends and until